0: Welcome to Answers to the Big Questions. I'm your host, Alan Saunter, and I'm glad you could join me. In the last episode, I explained something of what God says about the future. Of course, only a short explanation was possible, and you really need to read the whole story in the Bible for yourself. Much of the information I shared with you comes from the last chapters of the book of Revelation, the final book in the Bible. Like any short answer to a complex question, the answer I gave in the last episode raises further questions. The current question, what and where is hell, is one of those that might well arise from what I said about the final destruction of Satan and all his followers. As I've said before, in answering these questions, all I can do is let you know what the Bible says on the subject. Many people believe that those who do not accept the salvation offered by Christ go to hell, where they burn throughout the endless ages of eternity. They are tortured ceaselessly in the fires of hell without ever actually dying. For those who hold this belief, the prospect of not being saved is a terrifying one indeed. In fact, it's so terrifying that many have gone to extreme lengths in their attempts to ensure that they will be saved. But fear such as is produced by the prospect of hell is a very unhealthy motivation to live a good life and please God. This belief in an eternally burning hell is the grossest insult to a God who has staked the future of the universe on the principle that love and love alone must be the motivation for loyalty to Him. How could anyone believe that God who loves us so much that He gave His only Son to die in our place so that we need never die the second death, would then cruelly torture throughout eternity everyone who did not accept his offered gift of eternal life. That outrageous and blasphemous idea bears all the marks of the way Satan, not God, does business. Satan, as Jesus himself says, is the father of lies. He doesn't care how he achieves his ends, just so long as he turns people away from loyalty to God. We don't have to consciously worship Satan to be on his side. We only need to live by his principles, rather than by the principles of God. Jesus said in Matthew 12.30 that anyone who is not actually with him, intentionally on God's side, is against him. So Satan uses two opposite approaches to deceive people into disloyalty to God. On the one hand, he says, God is so loving, he will never actually destroy anyone who doesn't obey him. He only makes threats to frighten people into obedience. You can live however you please. And in the end, you will have a chance to go to heaven. After all, the Bible says, God is love. Satan has devised several variations on this theme, but they all include the idea that somewhere along the line, even after death if need be, there will be a chance to be reconciled to God and go to heaven. On the other hand, Satan says, God is going to burn you in hell forever if you don't obey him. This approach has its variations as well. If someone has a strong will and can put on a good performance, Satan encourages them to believe that they're able to earn their way to heaven by their good behavior. He tells them that God will have to let them in because they've earned a place there. Such people can be very hard to live with. They're usually quite self-righteous and they can be very critical of other people they think aren't performing well enough. In actual fact, such people are living by Satan's principles because they're obeying God out of fear and selfishness, not from love. To those who don't perform so well, Satan says, God is so hard to please that it's really no use trying. You're always doing what you know you shouldn't And God will get you for that. These unfortunate people may feel they are doomed, no matter how hard they try. They frequently give up trying. They often resent God and hate him for the everlasting punishment they believe he's going to inflict on them. So Satan's lies lead such unhappy people to turn away from God and find what little satisfaction they can in the here and now. In an even unhappier situation are those who, like Martin Luther, before he came to understand the truth of salvation, keep desperately trying to please God. They might even try so hard that they drive themselves into the grave, as Luther almost did. A variation that Satan uses to deceive some into living by his principles is to lead them to believe that if they disobey God during this life, but are not abandoned sinners... God will punish them by sending them to a kind of intermediate place from which they will escape to heaven when their sins have been burned away and they have endured sufficient punishment for the wrong they have done during their lives on earth. All the variations used by Satan to mislead people into believing in eternal punishment or temporary punishment followed by eternal life have a common thread the idea that human beings have an immortal soul, so they can never die. Do you remember the first lie Satan told Eve? He said, you will not die. In an earlier presentation in answer to the question, what is death? I explained what the Bible says about dying. We humans don't have an immortal soul. And we do indeed die if we reject God's provision for our salvation. If there's no immortal soul to burn throughout eternity, why does the Bible use expressions that seem to imply that the fire burns forever? The Bible uses the terms everlasting fire or eternal fire to refer to the punishment God will give to Satan and his followers. But these expressions do not imply that those who are punished burn eternally. The fire which destroys Satan and his followers is eternal fire Because its results are eternal. It does not burn for all eternity. It would be a cruel God indeed, who would punish people for millions of years, indeed for all eternity, for a few short years of rebellion here on earth. That is not the God I read about in the Bible, or the God I serve every day now. But some may ask, what about the words of John in the book of Revelation, chapter 14 and verses 10 and 11, where he says that a particular group of followers of Satan are tormented with burning sulfur, and the smoke of their torment rises for ever and ever, and they have no rest day or night? Or what about the statement in Revelation 20, verse 10, about the devil being thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where he will be tormented day and night for ever and ever? To understand these expressions, we must look at what the Apostle John would have meant by the words translated into English, forever and ever. The Greek expression refers to a duration of time, which is, as one scholarly authority put it, as long as the nature of the subject allows. For example, in Jude, verse 7, the fire that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah is called eternal fire. But clearly, it is not still burning. Also in Jonah, in chapter 2 and verse 6, refers to his stay in the belly of the fish as being forever. But of course, he was delivered after three days. So it depends on the context as to what the expression should be taken to mean. To be consistent with other comments in the Bible, such as in Matthew 3.12 and Malachi four one, about the wicked being destroyed the statements I've just quoted should be translated to mean that Satan and his followers will be burnt until they are completely consumed. In the case of Satan, at least, it appears that the process could take longer than an instant. So what is hell and where is it? In the Old Testament, the word hell in English is translated from the Hebrew word sheol and means simply the unseen state. It is this same word that Jonah used when speaking of his being in the stomach of the big fish. The Hebrew word sheol is often translated as grave. The righteous man, Job, says in Job 17.13 that he would go to sheol, the grave. The Israelite King David, who wrote many of the Psalms in the Bible, says that the wicked go to sheol, translated hell in the best known English version of Psalm 9 verse 17. So as far as the Old Testament is concerned, hell is the grave. In the New Testament, three Greek words are translated into English as hell. The first is Tartaros, which means a dark abyss, and is the place where, according to the Apostle Peter in 2 Peter 2.4, Satan's angels were sent when they were thrown out of heaven. Peter says that they are kept there waiting for future judgment. There is no idea of fire or burning here at all. The Apostle John in Revelation 12.9 says that Satan and his angels were thrown down to this earth, so the hell where Satan's angels were sent must be wherever Satan is on this earth. The second Greek word translated hell is Hades and means the same as the Greek word Sheol. So it means grave. The best English translations of the Bible actually use the word grave in many cases when translating Hades. The eminent Presbyterian Bible authority Albert Barnes says, The Greek word Hades means literally a place devoid of light, a dark, obscure abode. The third Greek word translated hell is Gehenna, the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew term Hinnom, a valley near Jerusalem used as a place to burn the carcasses of animals and even the bodies of criminals. The fire was always kept burning, so it was like the city incinerator. Bible references to unquenchable fire allude to the fact that the fire was continually kept fueled, but it should not be thought that a particular object in the fire would never stop burning. Jesus, in Luke 12, 5, referred to a person being thrown into Gehenna, or hell, but indicates that would happen sometime in the future. It's clear that where we find the word hell, translated from the Greek word Gehenna, that hell is the lake of fire that will destroy Satan and his evil angels, as well as his human followers, when God finally puts an end to Satan's rebellion. That hell is the only one where there is a fire— And it will burn only until Satan and his followers are consumed. And it will be found here on the earth outside the city called the New Jerusalem that God brings down from heaven. My friend, you don't need to fear either the grave or the lake of fire if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. So you need not fear hell. Even if you choose not to accept Jesus, you'll not burn in hell forever but you'll miss out on being able to spend eternity with a loving God once you choose Jesus today? You've been listening to Answers to the Big Questions. I'm Alan Sonta, and I hope you can join me next time.
1: If you have any questions or comments in relation to today's program, you can call 3 abn Australia Radio Within Australia on 02 4973 3456 or from outside of Australia on country code 612 4973 3456 Our email address is radio at 3abN That is radio at the number 3 ABN Australia All one word, word.org.au Our postal address is 3ABN Australia, Inc., P.O. Box 752, Morissette, New South Wales, 2264, Australia. Thank you for your prayers and financial support.
2: I could tell a little of the glory Of a better world Oh, that I could talk In the language of care teardrops fall. Oh, heaven, it's not like here at all. No, 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 no. Oh, that I could talk in the language of care.
3: The wonderful things the Lord showed me of heaven, I cannot describe. I saw there tables of stone in which the names of the multitude of the redeemed were engraved in letters of gold. After we beheld the glory of the temple, We went out, and Jesus left us and went into the city. Soon, we heard his lovely voice again saying, Come, my people, you have come out of great tribulation and done my will, suffered for me. Come in to supper, for I myself will serve you. We shouted, Alleluia! Glory! and entered into the city and I saw a table of pure silver. It was many miles in length, yet our eyes could extend over it. I saw the fruit of the tree of life, the manna, almonds, figs, pomegranates, grapes, and many other kinds of fruit. Then Jesus said, You must go back to earth again and relate to others what I have revealed to you. Then an angel bore me gently down to this dark world. Sometimes I think I can stay here no longer. All things of earth look so dreary. I feel very lonely here, for I have seen a better land. Oh, for
2: wings like a dove, so that I could fly. Away, I sail across the River Jordan ooh, to a better place, where they're sweet. your shore Oh that I could talk in the language of care. Could tell a little of the glory mm, of a better world of a better world
1: of
2: a better.
0: Oh
1: Ask me where I'm headed You may ask me where I'm bound Well, I'm going to a country Cross the sea Cross the sea And I know I'll have a mansion And I know I'll have a crown Yes, I'm bound for the kingdom the free, the free. kingdom of the free. Yes, samba. Yes I'm bound for oh, the kingdom yes, I'm bound.
2: of the blessed of oh, the blessed and, and the, the blessed and the free. And my
1: Jesus, and my Jesus soon is coming, soon is coming after, after me. After me is coming after me. There is nothing, there
2: is nothing to compare nothing to Yes, I'm for the kingdom,
1: for the kingdom, of the free. for the kingdom of the free, of the free. Well, I'm going, going to a country, to a country, going to a country where they say we'll never die, say we'll, never say die. We'll, never die. we'll be endless
2: joy, glory. Joy, endless glory. Endless joy, I know. I'll live forever, i live, live forever, in the city, city, in the sky, in the city, sky. in the sky. Well, I'm bound yes, for the kingdom, for the
1: kingdom of the free, for the kingdom of the free. Yes, I'm bound. Yes, I'm oh, the kingdom yes, of the blessed and oh, the blessed and, and the green. And, and, and my Jesus soon as he oh, me free.
3: You have been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.